0: It is a far, far better thing that I do than I have ever done. It is a far, far better rest that I go to than I have ever known. Charles Dickens, A Tale of Two Cities.
1: Welcome to the Echo Podcast. For the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at the seven final sayings of Jesus on the cross. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. Welcome
0: to the Echo Podcast. Where we
1: are looking for truth in the noise. (laughs) Hello, how are you doing? Not too bad yourself? Doing well. Have any dreams this week?
0: Thankfully, no.
1: Even if I did, I would not share them. Last, I, last know, week was enough.
0: Self-control is one of the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so. You know, our, our podcast, the Echo podcast, looking for truth in the noise, and there's so many words out there. You can just be inundated with news and commentary and all of that. So I just love that for the next few weeks, we're going to really filter out. A lot of the noise and look at seven of the most important things ever said
0: famous last words are kind of a a go-to google search if you will we're always interested in what did these people say right before they died and and some of them are bizarre uh, especially when you read about people like on death row or these evil people we would say weird weird final words but then you read about other people everyday normal people or famous authors or who we would consider to be good people it, 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 famous last words. It's, it's an interesting thing.
1: Yeah, and you're wondering, like, did they know w- when people really know that they their last words? Sometimes they can, you know, make it a little bit better than, like, "Hey, hold my beer." You know? right. <laughs> or Some right. of the really goofy, oh, bad ones. <laughs> uh, but that uh, poison doesn't hurt people. <laughs> yeah, when people can be intentional, then. So <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> then, then sometimes uh, it's powerful, and obviously, when we're looking at uh, the life of Christ and we get down to his um, final, not just moments but hours, but his final time there on the cross um, as he was dying Uh, those words deserve our full attention. They really do. And
0: these seven words, each of them have a specific title, like a word of forgiveness or a word of comfort. Um, And and it's not one word, just so we're all clear. The the final words of Christ really are just kind of the final sayings. But each of these sayings can be categorized uh, into a specific word. Um, And they're very revealing of not only... um, the character and nature of Christ in his suffering, but also a really good precursor for us to imitate as believers in our suffering, here's what we should be doing as well. Obviously, yeah. not to the extent that Christ did to, to, to some sure. things. Like, you know, when he's like, Father, you know, it is finished. I, I don't know if we can really say that, yeah. but it does reveal the character of Christ and does kind of set up what we should do as Christians.
1: Yeah, so just looking at the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, tell us the the first statement.
0: So the first word is the word of forgiveness, and this is found in the Gospel according to Luke, chapter twenty three, verse thirty four. Then Jesus said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing," and they cast lots to divide his clothing.
1: Yeah, I think we would all say something like, "Oh, I would never kill Jesus." Right. But yeah, but my sin put him on the cross.
0: That's a weird saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like like the gravity of the death of Christ, or the, his whole mission, the humiliation of God with his dissension mm-hmm. in, in, in to earth and his ultimate humiliation on the cross, uh, it's ultimately for our good. Yeah, but if we're not careful, we will say things like, not me. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, w- I would be there you know, um, celebrating his death because I understood it. But yeah. the reality is nobody understood what the death of Christ was really doing. And so as he has been flogged, he has a crown of thorns, he's nailed to the tree, as we like to say as believers, the first thing that he says is, hey, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Hmm. Could, could you say that? Like if somebody was was persecuting you or um, was wrong, had, you've gone through this wrong trial that's ultimately illegal, uh, people have been lying and slandering you, they, they have nailed you to a cross, you are now bleeding out and dying, physically disfigured, on top of that, the sins of the world are now being placed upon you as you're being the sin sacrifice, experiencing that. I'd like to say I could,
1: right? Like, I'd like to say that? It It's possible that I could because other believers in history have said similar things right. in their time of suffering, right? but was only through Christ's great power in them yeah. to do that. And the truth is that... I still have a hard time forgiving people who cut me off in traffic yeah i'm not so sure how well i would do uh on a cross and so i think we have to approach that with a lot of humility but and then it just leads me to worship to say like jesus said that like he that's where his heart was was forgiveness
0: i think one of the best things that we're taught about in scripture is that god i'm sorry that jesus is truly god and truly man that he not mm-hmm. only shows us mm-hmm. who God is but he also kind of gives us a, a bit of a foretaste of what humanity will be like by showing us what m- humanity should be like so yeah. I mm-hmm. think back to like the Beatitudes and it's like oh blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness sake right well he is being persecuted for righteousness sake and his response is, father forgive them they have no idea what they're doing well how many times do we experience a persecution or an inconvenience and in our responses Forgive them; they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I think not often enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I've thought about Jesus' words to the disciples, and and when those who are asking him how how many times do we have to forgive? Right. You know, seventy times seven, uh, or in other words, you just got to keep forgiving yeah. over and over and over and over, and we get this even this picture of this on the cross in those moments. You know, saying. Father, I forgive them, I imagine there's more times he said that in his heart while Mm. there on the cross than just that one time, and I think that's a picture of our lives that sometimes we need to forgive people over and over and over and over and over, and it may be somebody that we're not even in contact with anymore, but who's still taking up space uh, uh, that's causing us to hate, that we have to just keep forgiving because Jesus did.
0: It makes me go back to the Lord's Prayer, Mm. forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. I saw another translation or interpretation that said, uh, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. And I, I, yeah. I, th- I think I like that translation maybe perhaps a little bit better because um, the idea of sin is intentional rebellion or purposeful antagonism towards somebody. And I think we can experience that as believers, uh, just as people in general, that we sin against our neighbor um, or our neighbor sins against us. So the idea of, is, I'm going to forgive. Because God forgave me or just as yes. God forgave me. Yeah. And and that's the standard. The standard isn't, well, I want to live a peaceful, happy life where we all get along. Yeah. No, 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 no. Because God has forgiven me, mm-hmm. so do I get to forgive as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me. No. Or my righteousness or whatever we forgive because God forgave us. I I love the Lord's Prayer. I think it's an important discipline for people to pray through the template of that prayer often. Definitely. What i found is when I say, you know, Father, forgive me, there's always something I need forgiven of. Yeah. And when I say, and Lord, help me forgive those who have sinned against me, I can always think of somebody that I need to forgive. Mm -hmm. So uh, anything else you want to say about this statement, Taylor, before we jump to statement number two.
0: I think just reminding ourselves of how essential and um, forgiveness is in the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. It's also one of those things where I would go a step further and say to be a Christian, forgiveness is a required discipline. Mm-hmm. You, you have to forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, and even um, in uh, the Lord's prayers we were talking about, that idea of forgiveness um, implies not associating their sin with that person anymore. hmm so I think it's interesting that Jesus prays, "Forgive them, separate their sin from how you see them, Father." Yeah. Wow. That's that's heavy. Yeah. And I like how the verse ends and then and then they cast lots for his clothes.
1: Yeah. Huh. He's forgiving
0: them and they're continuing to mock him.
1: Yeah. That that doesn't change. The the outcome doesn't change whether we forgive. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Okay, um uh, Statement number two. Uh,
0: This is the word of salvation uh, from the gospel according to Luke. Again, it's the continuation, uh, chapter 23, verse 43. Uh, He replied, truly, I will be with you. Hold on a second. Yeah, sorry. It's 43, not 34. I was having a little bit of verbal dyslexia. I'm going to go back and cut that out. (laughs) the second word is the word of salvation, and this is also found in the gospel according to Luke chapter 23, verse 43. He replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me
1: in paradise. Yeah, what, what does this verse tell us about Jesus?
0: It tells us some, some, some really interesting things. First of all, um, we need to contextualize this. Um, there are two thieves, two sinners that are um, on either side of Christ, and one is essentially imitating the crowd and the Pharisees saying, up, oh, if you're really the son of God, save yourself. Mm-hmm. And the other one says, stop it. Don't you know who this man is? And the, the thief turns to Christ and says, uh, you know, please let me be w- with you. Remember me when your kingdom comes, which implies that he knows who Jesus is and he's heard of the teachings, but it's only at this moment where he is repentant. Yeah, the text
1: implies that they both deserve what they're getting. Right. Maybe not death, but they deserve punishment for you know uh, breaking the law and taking people's stuff or money or however whatever they did. We don't know a whole lot more about it, but it implies they're guilty while Jesus is innocent.
0: Absolutely, and the recognition of the repentant thief, who is like, no, we should be getting this, mm-hmm. and then he turns and says, "Remember me," and Jesus' response is. You will be with me in paradise. I have always struggled with deathbed confessions. Yeah. If a person has lived their entire life going against God, rebelling against them, uh, him, w- with the knowledge of, well, there is a God and I will be held accountable, then all of a sudden uh, they repent. It, it kind of reminds me of the most recent uh, film, The Irishman, uh, where Joe Pesci's character lives this awful life, and then they go to prison, and uh, the, the story says, oh, and then he went to confession, and he com- and he confessed his sins, and then that's the last we see, him and then he dies. And then even uh, Robert De Niro's character, he goes and he confesses his sins, and the priest is like, do you feel any remorse or guilt? And he's, and he's like, no, not really. But, you know, I've confessed, and I've done the thing, and, and I know it's wrong, but I don't feel bad for doing it. And yet Jesus accepts this deathbed confession of the thief. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to wrestle with, I think.
1: Yeah, Jesus tells the parable of the workers and and the workers are coming, and one of them starts working early in the morning, and one of them starts working at noon, and one later, and one comes, like, right at the last bit and works just a little bit, and they all get paid. And yeah. The, and the guys who came earlier like, wait a second, this isn't fair. And Jesus' whole point is, like, no, none of them deserved anything. E- exactly. And so it's by God's grace that uh, he gives salvation to people who never deserved it. So. Yeah don't don't think that you're all high and mighty it's it's kind of like the uh country club idea of of uh, we 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 feel like we're left out of the country club whatever the country club might be whatever it is and yeah. then uh, as soon as we get into the country club we're like well i hope none of those other people get in yeah we, yeah we kind of do that with lots of things in life where as soon as we're part of the in circle we don't want other people to get in yep. because we feel like we earned it in some way. Definitely, it's just kind of a, a human instinct there. So, uh, one of the other things in this passage is just asking, like, okay, paradise—what does that mean?
0: Right. So, for us as, as Christians, we believe that, um, as Paul writes, that to um, to be to, to to be alive is. It's kind of hard. It's suffering, but it's also doing God's will, uh, but to die is to be present with the Lord. So for the believers, we recognize that this idea of paradise, it's heaven. It's to be in the fullness of God's presence, unbridled, untethered, that we can look upon his glory. We, we see this um, ultimately in the book of Revelation. However, we have to keep in mind that we were not, quote, made for heaven, end quote. Yeah. It, heaven is not a resting place. So the idea of the thief saying, you know, please welcome me into your kingdom. And Jesus says, you're going to be with me in paradise. Uh, there's this idea of there isn't going to be suffering here. That the pain is going to be done, and I'm going to give you rest. I, I'm I'm just constantly reminded with the promises of Jesus and the teachings of the peace and the joy and the hope that we have in Him. Was that in the um, uh, the thief's mind when when he was making this confession to Christ? I, I I'm not entirely sure, but when we hear Jesus say you're going to be with me in paradise, oh, it's this it's this it's Eden, but better. In, in my mind.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's possible to read too much into the statement yeah. and to just spend so much time that we miss the beauty of one God in Jesus saying, uh, hey, I can forgive who I want to forgive, yeah, and I have the authority to do that and so this guy didn't follow all the sacrificial rules and right uh, this guy you know maybe didn't do things exactly how you think that we should in your tradition but let's not put god in a box I'm right, reminded definitely. Of in this statement
0: it's it's the idea that we should desire what god desires and that is that all all people should be saved regardless mm-hmm. of the evil atrocities that they've committed i i, I would it, it sounds weird for us to say like man I, I hope that Osama bin Laden came to his senses. Yeah. I hope that Saddam Hussein came to his senses, almost like the prodigal son where all of a sudden they realize, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Yeah. I, I would hope that Hitler and Stalin and all these other people, but at the same time, I hope that so-and-so in my family yeah. would come to their senses. Yeah. I, I, I hope that I, if I have moments like this, I hope I come to my senses, that we should desire what God desires, and that is that everyone would come to know him. That, that, that's the desire. But we recognize people are free agents. They, they can do what they want, n- not without consequence. But ultimately, we, we should want people to be saved. We should want them to come to a saving knowledge of Christ.
1: Nothing could distract Jesus from his mission, not even death on a cross. He's still laser-focused on helping people come to God.
0: Yeah. So why do you think it's so hard for us to forgive people?
1: You know, I think we're we're proud, yeah, and we we uh, look at ourselves and think that we're better than someone, and we feel you know, a sense of injustice and feel like we're the ones who never deserve that, forgetting how unjustly we've treated people. yeah, and so we you know we hang on to this bitterness. and ultimately, it's a spiritual battle in us. And we see Jesus here saying, you know, we forgive, and not just forgive a little bit, but even to the point of offering salvation. Yeah. How do the words of Christ so far, these two
0: words, how do they affect how we see non-Christians? Because Jesus is clearly talking about Roman soldiers who are murdering him, ultimately, who have done this. And then he's talking to... A thief who we believe to be a jewish thief of the same ancestry and people as christ and he's turning around and repenting right up on, right on his door H- how do these words affect how we see non-christians or non-believers
1: they sh- they should help me see people like god sees people and his heart breaks for those who don't know him and his greatest hope is that those people would come to know him and to follow him and so if my heart isn't aligned with that, my heart is not aligned with God. If I want to hang on to bitterness or just treat people like my enemies, then my heart is far removed from God's heart.
0: I heard it once said that we should see every person as a potential adoptee mm. of God. Yeah. That everyone is going to be treated with with human dignity because they're people. Every person is made in the image of God. But we echo what 1 John says that God makes it possible for them to become sons and daughters of him. Um, uh, I can't remember who said it, but the idea was that there are only orphans and widows in the kingdom of Satan, but there are only sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. Hmm. I Hmm. like that. And God desires the adoption of all of his wayward children. And we see that on the cross. He's forgiving people of their sins when they haven't repented yet. That's interesting to, to deal with. And then at the same time, we have Jesus saying, no, 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 come with me. Join me, if, if you will, based on his confession, of course, obviously. Yeah. But it's still—these are powerful final words.
1: Yeah. So let me echo this back just a little bit. We forgive because God forgave us. And Jesus' words remind us that his heart is about forgiveness of enemies, and his heart is for people to come to know him. And that's where his heart was even when he was being crucified on a cross— so we should never be distracted from the mission of Christ either. And if you're someone who is far from God, maybe even you feel like you're in your final season of life, it is not too late. And for those people you are praying for and caring for, don't give up. You know, maybe tomorrow is their day of salvation. And so keep praying for them, keep caring for them and keep having the heart of jesus for them hey thanks so much for listening to us we would encourage you to share this with others if you rate us on whatever platform you're listening to that helps others find us but maybe just text someone and say hey uh, this is these are going to be important episodes for us to listen to and to get our hearts in the right place as this important season approaches i'm taylor and i'm brian this is the echo podcast where we are looking for truth in the noise